Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of Open House, a fresh, fun and real podcast where I, Louise Rumble, invite you inside the therapy room with me to learn from some of the very best psychologists, therapists and sex and intimacy coaches that I have found. No topic is off the table, no question too juicy and no experience too shameful. At Open House, everyone is welcome. And we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that true happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. As ever, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and you should always seek professional medical help when necessary. Now, let's get into it and I'll see you on the other side. Hi, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Open House podcast. Today is a solo episode. It's a home truth, and it is just me talking to you about one of my biggest realizations that I have had recently. And I'm talking about breakups. And I am not talking about my current partner before you freak the fuck out out. No one around here is ready for me to go through another breakup anytime soon. So don't you worry about that. I am talking about my ex. The story that we have all heard so many, many times, but that every time I talk about it, it seems to bring solace to thousands of people around the world, knowing that they too are not alone, being absolutely broken by someone leaving them. The truth is, my breakup, getting broken up with, was one of the best things that has ever happened to me. Now, honestly, that is crazy. And if I had ever heard myself saying this two, three years ago, I would honestly never have believed it. Because I went to the darkest of dark places that I have ever gone to in my whole entire life. So if you're in it, like in the middle of the pain, In the middle of the abandonment, the grief, the betrayal, the loss, if you're in that wound, I want you to head over to episode seven before getting your cute little teeth into this one. Because this episode is for those who have, they have a little space between them and the pain. Or maybe they are so stuck and in pain of being stuck in these wounds and these cycles that they know I have to do something different. This has me in a fucking chokehold. It has a grip around my neck. I can't move through this breakup. I can't get over this person. I can't get over what they've done to me. I can't get over how things ended. I can't get over that I'm not with them now, that I'm not friends with them now, that I'm not in a relationship with them now, that I'm not in love with them now. Maybe that is you. You've either put some space between you and the situation or you know that you need to start seeing the situation in a different light. Now, this is actually something that I'm trying to incorporate into my day-to-day life a little bit more frequently, which is taking myself out of the situation that I'm in, the one that I'm feeling, and trying to literally take a little version of me or my soul or my spirit out of my body to the sidelines and for me to try and look at the situation, whatever situation it is that I'm going through from the outside, rather than looking at the situation from being in the center of it. Now, this feels like a really weird and abstract practice, and it's not the easiest, but the more and the more that I do it, 
the more and the more that I start to get glimpses of truth. And I'm going to share in today's episode exactly how you can do this in relation to the defectiveness schema and the abandonment wound and all of the things that can make your breakup so much worse than it might be for someone that doesn't have those wounds. So I'm going to share that with you later on in the episode, but just as an overview, I have these small moments when I'm able to step outside of my body or able to step away from being in the middle of the whirlwind of the tornado of the pain that I can see the situation from a more logical and rational standpoint, where I can see the situation for the truth rather than feeling the situation from inside of it. And today's episode is going to be about that. I'm going to be talking about what I learned when I met up with my ex-boyfriend. Now, I'm not going to share the specifics of the story with you. That was saved for my premium subscribers because in all honesty, it's a very sensitive, very personal story. That episode is on our premium back catalog. But what I will tell you is that after two and a half years of silence, you probably remember me saying in February of this year, my ex reached out to me. And I waited three and a half months to text him back. I nearly actually didn't text him back at all, but I did. Again, on the back catalogue, I talked through why I did that. There was a ton of therapy sessions that I did to work out, should I do this? Do I need to do this? I've moved so far past the situation, the wound, the feelings, et cetera, et cetera. But what I will tell you is I did decide to meet up with him and the situation was the most incredible full circle moment going into this situation, I realized that I didn't have a wound there anymore. And it just felt like such a huge breath out, like a big release and a big relief that I could finally just look at the situation once and for all without any hard feelings towards him or to myself, no residue of pain or anger, despite how much negative emotion I had harbored for such a long period of my healing journey. And I mean, I feel like I need to share with you that this this breakup nearly drove me over the edge. Like I was dreaming about him like four nights a week in my dreams. I was like having dreams of conversations, what I would say if I would see him in person. Like I would like Google him every so often to see if there was any news about him. Sometimes I would be in the part of London that he lived in and I was like hoping that I would bump into him or I'd walk past where he worked and I'd like hope that we were going to bump into each other. Like I was obsessed with the silence. Like I was obsessed with the fact that I was rejected, discarded, literally just like nothing. One moment, everything, the next moment, nothing. I lost the plot. So for me to be able to say I could go back into this situation and genuinely be grateful for the experience and it just be nice to see him and good to talk through some of the things. I don't know if you guys understand the magnitude of that. So I am sharing this story with you because I need you to know That if you are in the situation where you are like, I can never get over this person. I am never going to be in love with someone else. I don't want to be in love with someone else. I can't even think about dating someone else, kissing someone else, sleeping with someone else. Maybe you still have no answers to the things that you need answers to. Or maybe you are desperately hoping that they might reply to you or they might reach out to you or you might talk to their mum. Whatever it is, however this shows up for you, I want you to know that I was there too. And I was able to move through it. And not only move through it, I have been able to have the most life-changingly beautiful healing journey off the back of this man tearing my heart out, literally cutting it out with a pair of scissors and just discarding it on the sidewalk. And it's always so cliche when people say like, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful for this person. Like they hurt me so much and I'm so grateful for them. 
But the truth is, what I'm going to share in today's episode, he showed me parts of myself that were deeply overlooked, deeply damaged, deeply traumatized, and that I would never have stepped into a healing space with if he had not done what he did. So back to the story. I did meet him. It was decided between me and therapists and friends and family and with my boyfriend that this was the right idea for a number of reasons. I was able to just step into the situation with pure and total gratitude for him, for who he was when we were together, for who he was when he left me, because he sent me on the biggest healing journey of my life. And as you all know, that breakup was beyond horrendous for me. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't breathe. I could not fathom how I could live without him. I could not fathom how he could leave me in that way. But the truth is, and what therapy taught me, is that it bought me hidden wounds that I had inside of me that I'd had since childhood. Him leaving brought them right to the surface. And it taught me that my response was so intense because I had a defectiveness schema and a huge father wound that I didn't even realize I had. So I always say now, if anyone has been broken by a relationship, it often goes a lot deeper than that person leaving you. There are often deep-rooted wounds, defectiveness wounds, father wounds that are driving such an insanely intense response. Because if you're like me, I look at some people and I'm like, wait a minute, how did you guys break up so amicably, can't even say that word, whereas I'm on the floor here literally hysterically crying, like begging the gods for you to text me back. And if that is you too, then the truth is, is there are wounds deep within your psyche, deep within your inner child that were there way before this person was there way before they came into your life and way before they left your life. But them leaving, they just showed you that those wounds were existing, but you just weren't aware of them. And so when they leave, those wounds, they come to light and you are in it. We feel the pain so intensely because the pain is everywhere. This pain is wired into us because the wounds are wired into us, into our nervous system from childhood and even beyond. Our inner child feels these responses and these reactions because it's like, how could you do this? It rocks you to the core. Them leaving rocks your abandonment wound. Them rejecting you rocks your defectiveness schema. And this individual leaving just shines a fucking huge flashlight on the situation that was already inside of you. But by leaving you or breaking up with you or hurting you, they bring that wound to the forefront. And that's what therapy taught me about my last breakup. And that is why I say to people, if you are flawed by someone leaving you, it's actually reflective that there are some deep, deep wounds below the surface that you now have the exquisite opportunity to go and heal through the intense fucking pain that they have left you with. So let's take the defectiveness schema first of all, just as an example. So a defectiveness schema basically refers to this like cognitive framework or belief system. We're not even aware of these belief systems until we start to do the work. Like they are there, they are wired into us, they develop during childhood. 
And with this defectiveness belief system, we basically perceive ourselves, if you have this, as inherently flawed or inadequate or unworthy and basically just like unlovable. And it's this really sad core belief that really shapes like how we view ourselves. But not only that, it's also how we interpret every experience through the lens of that. So this schema can be massively triggered or reinforced by life events, particularly a breakup. But if we take it back a couple of steps, the defectiveness schema can form in so many ways. Now, like so many things, it can develop because of these early experiences through our interactions with our caregivers. But it doesn't just have to be our caregivers saying like, you're unlovable, I don't love you, no one's ever going to love you. Because unless your caregivers were literally narcissists or had severe personality disorders or were severely mentally unwell, the vast majority of parents are not going to speak to you in that way. But What can happen is that as children, whether there's emotional neglect, whether there's criticism, whether there's emotional rejection, if you constantly receive messages, maybe that you're not going to be picked up when you cry or that daddy doesn't love you because he is at work constantly and when he comes home he picks up a beer or he falls asleep on the sofa or he goes out with his friends or he goes to play golf you receive repeated messages that you're flawed or unworthy because if you were more worthy of being loved dad or mum would love you would pick you up would spend quality time with you they wouldn't go out they wouldn't leave you they wouldn't fight when you were there and this can really happen as well with divorce and abandonment children can take on this belief that if they were more worthy then that person would never have left now there are a ton of other ways that this schema can develop even around emotional attunement for example so for me i believe that a big part of my defectiveness wound came from my experience with my father who I love dearly but he's on the spectrum I don't have many memories of him being around I don't have many memories of him being affectionate with me and what therapy has helped me understand is that as a child I probably learned or probably thought it's okay like he doesn't want to be with me I'm just gonna be on my own but that is an excruciatingly painful thing for a child to experience like I don't have any conscious memories of me being like why is dad not around why is dad not here why is dad not watching this why is dad not hugging me but what I've learned in therapy is that often we either block out these memories or we just don't have them because those memories just did not happen so taking this back to the schema what I learned in therapy is that it basically develops this core belief that like we're not actually lovable and it's not like no one's ever going to like us no one's ever going to love us the thing about the defectiveness schema is it's this kind of silent thing that like hides at our core so we go through life we become friends with people we have relationships and it just hides there silently in our psyche it operates at a subconscious level and it shows up in the physical in a number of ways so maybe you feel like you have to look a certain way to be chosen because at your core you're not actually worthy of being loved for who you are Maybe that develops your perfectionist tendencies. Maybe that's developed your obsession with how you look or that you need to be skinny or you need to be sexy or you need to be muscly. And this then develops this belief that maybe you are not lovable for what is at your core, but you can make your external lovable, which then takes us down the very dangerous pathway of giving our body to men or to women because we don't truly believe that we could be lovable without giving that to them. 
That's a really, really sad journey that I have had to go on myself. And it's only really in the last few years that having two deeply loving relationships, they've taught me that they love me for who I am, that they respect what I've gone through and that I don't have to be sexy or pretty. They just love or loved me for who I was. Now, for other people, this might show up differently. It might show up like in terms of avoidance and self-sabotage because individuals with this defectiveness schema, they might generally engage in behaviors that actually reinforce this negative belief that they have about themselves. So you don't actually open yourself up to intimacy because you feel like as soon as someone gets to know you, they're going to leave. So you only date avoidant men, you only date avoidant women, you only date emotionally unavailable people because some part of you is emotionally unavailable yourself because you don't truly believe that anyone can love you for who you are at your core. I could go on and on and on about the defectiveness schema, but I think what's really fascinating here is that a breakup can bring this defectiveness schema to the surface because it activates the most intense feelings of rejection. And by doing that, it reinforces these beliefs. You literally will question like, why did they leave me? Why didn't they want to stay? Was I not worthy of them staying? How could they do this to me? And I know that for me personally, the silence that I was left with was really, really damaging because my defectiveness schema said to me, if he even vaguely cared about you or ever loved you, he would never leave you in the way that he did. Now, my rational grown-up adult would have moments where I could understand that he was probably hurting too and that this was the only way that he knew how to deal with conflict or pain, but the defectiveness schema inside of me made everything about me. It brought this core belief of unworthiness to the forefront, but I didn't remember having this core belief as a child. Like I said, I didn't have these memories as a child of this experience with my father, repeated experiences with my father, actually. And so what I learned through therapy as well is that this deep, intense, fucking horrendous pain that I was experiencing in adulthood was actually very similar to the deep, fucking painful pain that I was experiencing in childhood that I just generally have no recollection of because I shut down because it was so painful, because I isolated because it was so painful, because I told myself that it's fine. Like, dad is busy. He prefers spending time with my brother because he's a boy. What I've realized is that when my ex-boyfriend left, he literally brought these feelings that I had as a child back to the surface, mixed with the fact that I had told this individual everything about me, all of my darkness, and he loved me for it and he accepted me for it. And it was probably the first time that anyone had ever done that because I had never, ever shared my darkness with someone before. So what therapy taught me was that I was vulnerable with this person and I opened up and I was emotionally available and I shared my truth and I shared my experiences and I shared my darkness. And then all of a sudden, that person leaving, it felt like they took all of that away from me. And that was a horrendously painful and very violating experience because it feels like I didn't give you permission to leave me with all of that information that I gave you. And I'm scared what you're going to do with it. I'm scared you're going to share it with other people, even though who cares if he shares it with other people? Like my life experience is nothing to be ashamed of. And we all need to learn to not be ashamed of our experience. And if someone is out there sharing your intimate experiences with someone else, then they are a horrible, horrible, disrespectful person. But just circling back to this, what I was trying to share is that if a relationship has broken you, it is often because they have bought these wounds 
to the forefront. And defectiveness and the defectiveness schema is just one of them. Now, the second wound that can be really, really like deeply, deeply upsetting and traumatizing in a breakup situation is the abandonment wound. So if you already have an abandonment wound, the end of a relationship can trigger these horrendous feelings of abandonment that you had in previous experiences. And it brings back the memories and the neural wiring and the stored emotions and the repressed emotions that were associated with the previous instances of abandonment. Again, amplifying the pain and distress because not only are you experiencing abandonment in the present tense, but you are also reliving the abandonment in the past. So you have this heightened emotional intensity. And it can be insanely distressing because it is a avalanche of emotions and feelings that you do not know how to handle. You did not know how to handle being abandoned emotionally, physically as a child because no one ever takes you through that in the generations that we grew up in. So all of a sudden you are an adult that is dealing with abandonment as well as being an adult that is dealing with the wounds of the child who was also abandoned. And then you wonder why this overwhelms us so much, why we will be hysterically crying, why our nervous systems will shut down, why we feel like I physically cannot survive without this person. And I think this feeling of not being able to survive without the other person is something that we hear about all the time because in the midst of crisis, we genuinely feel like we cannot survive without them. We genuinely feel like we are going to die without them, even though we are grown and rational adults that clearly are going to survive. And that's what I mean about the taking yourself out of the situation and looking at the situation from afar. Because if you are in absolute meltdown and you are saying, I can't survive without this person. I can't live without this person. I'm never going to find love again. No one's ever going to love me. No one's ever going to care for me. If you take the little version of you and you take her or him outside of your body and you fly her like a hundred meters across down the road to another situation that's going on and you can either look at you in this situation or you can look at it being someone else. So if you see a friend who is crying hysterically saying, I can't survive without this person. I have to be with them. I'm not going to be able to live without them. If you take yourself outside of the situation, you can see that objectively is not true. You can see that person, they are going to go through pain, but of course they are going to survive. They do not physically need that person to survive. You're not a child that is breastfeeding, like you can survive without another human being. But when you are in it, when you are in the wound, when you are in the abandonment wound, when you are in the defectiveness schema, your whole attachment and nervous system goes back to this childlike state. It triggers all of our attachment systems in the brain. It triggers all of the physiological responses that are related to stress and safety. It activates the sympathetic branch of our autonomic nervous system. We go into fight or flight response. And the truth is that in that moment, we are losing that emotional dependence. We have it taken away from us. And all of a sudden, we are back to being a child that cannot survive without that connection. So again, whether it's the abandonment wound, whether it's the defectiveness schema, whatever your specific wounds are, whether it's your father wound, whether it's your mother wound, what I want you to know is that if a relationship is fucking flooring you, it is a sign that there is something deeper going on within you. And that's what I mean by we are in it. 
We feel the pain so intensely because we are in the middle of the wound. We are in the middle of survival mode. We are in the middle of feeling defective. We are in the middle of feeling abandoned. And I think my point here is when we're triggered, when we're bent over hysterically crying, there is not much that we can do in those moments other than just self-soothe and get through those moments. But talking about taking yourself out of this, once you have an understanding of the wounds, I think that it is so, so helpful to be able to try and take yourself out of the situation in this little visualization, literally fly in this visualization, like take yourself out of the room that you're sat in, where you feel horrible, where you feel shit, fly yourself away and talk to your inner child and say, okay, you have an abandonment wound and that developed because of this. And so the reason that everything feels horrendous right now, but there is more going on here. And I want you to know that I am working on healing this abandonment wound. I am here to help you. That has been such a revolutionary part of my healing journey is literally talking to my inner child, telling her there are wounds here. I'm aware of them and I am here to keep you safe. And I feel like just even being able to have that hypothetical conversation gives you this element of being able to say, okay, yeah, this is really, really bad. Like I am not functioning well, but it is because of X, Y, and Z. And I feel like that is the missing piece. If you are feeling these intense and overwhelming emotions, understanding the wounds hiding beneath the intense reaction, because we will never call your reactions crazy around here. The wounds hiding beneath your intense reactions, your overwhelming reactions, your upsetting reactions are some of the main reason behind that. Now, of course, there are biological components to this as well. And working with Sarah Murphy, our integrative health practitioner here at the Open House podcast, she has taught me so much around how some individuals are more sensitive, more sensitive to rejection, particularly if you're on the spectrum or if you have ADHD, this rejection sensitivity dysphoria, that can be a big part of this, as can BPD, where things feel like life or death and these overwhelming emotions. But even within all of that, I think there is this really incredibly grounding step that we can take, which is talking to our inner child, talking to the person that has been so wounded and saying, I see what's going on here. This is what's going on here. And I am here to look after you. That has been an incredibly helpful part of my healing journey, even outside of heartbreak, just in terms of rejection and things not working out or anything else in my life that's upset me. Being able to pick my little child up, whiz them away, 100 meters away in the sky, put them down somewhere else, bend down to their level and say, it's okay, this feels shit right now, but this is what's really going on and I am here to guide you through it. Okay, so by this point, we understand these concepts of wounds particularly the defectiveness schema, the abandonment wound. There are many more. These are just two that I've particularly learned through my own personal therapy journey, which as ever, everything here today is just shared from my own personal experience. This is not medical advice in any way, shape or form. The second thing that I want to talk to you about, which I learned about when I went to meet my ex-boyfriend, is this concept of there being three sides to every story. So the three sides to every story is actually something that came from my mum. She's always said this my whole life, which I think is really interesting. And it's so also interesting how we never really log the advice or opinion of someone until we're in the situation when that applies to us. And this is one of those moments. So she's always said, 
there's three sides to every story. And she'd often say to me, no one is actually lying. I mean, yes, of course, sometimes one of the parties will be lying. But most of the time, we've all just logged an experience differently. And those memories that we've actually shared together in a partnership, in a relationship, are registered differently for each of us. So taking this back to the three sides of every story thing, I now want you to think about the three sides in light of what we're talking about here. So you've got your side, their side, and the truth. Our memories are subjective. So you might remember the love, the experience, the relationship different to the way that someone else experienced those moments. And again, that can be dependent on the wounds and experiences that we had as we entered into that relationship. And the reality lies somewhere in the middle. It's between the opposing perspectives of your side of the story and their side of the story. The reality lies somewhere in the middle, which is the truth of the story. Now, I want to put this into context of meeting up with my ex. So now we understand about this deep wounding that he activated in me when he left, when he dumped me, when he broke up with me. My side of the story was, how could you? How could you do this to me after everything we went through? How awful I must be for you to do this to me? What about all of the things you said to me? How can you say that you've never been in love with anyone else in any way, shape or form in comparison to the way that you were with me and then leave me abruptly, aggressively and leave me with silence? How could you ignore me for two and a half years? How could you not reply to the letter that I sent? And this is the thing is that in your side of the story, often you are coming from your wound and it is so hard to see the truth amidst all of that fighting. You feel so wronged. We're fighting to be heard. We're fighting for them to see the truth. We're fighting for them to acknowledge what they've done to us or how they acted during the relationship. And we just want them to see the truth and to apologize, to feel bad, to feel sorry, to show up in a different way to the way that they are right now and just to take the pain away because they are causing so much pain. But the truth is, that is often us in our wounds. And I'm not saying it shouldn't hurt. Of course it should hurt. But when we're able to step outside of these wounds, we're able to look and see that this fucking sucks. This is allowed to hurt me. But this person, they are not obligated to stay with me. They are not obligated to act in a certain way. It's on them if they want to be a good person, if they want to communicate, if they can communicate, if they have the emotional intelligence and bandwidth to communicate. But when we are in our wounds, we want people to hear our side and we want people to pick our side and to understand what we're going through to make us feel better and to take the pain away. But the truth is, is that outside of my side of the story and my wounding, he had a different side to the story. And when I met up with my ex, that was the most incredible takeaway that I took from the whole thing was how different our experience was of the whole breakup and that he actually had no idea how horrendous him leaving was for me because he obviously didn't see it right he went cold turkey he disappeared on me we didn't have mutual friends to share that with him he had no idea about how bad it was he also had no idea that I had those wounds because I didn't really know that I had the wounds until he left me. So my side was here, deeply wounded, and he had triggered and shone a light on all those wounds. And his side was a lot more objective. It was that I love this woman so much. She has changed my life in every way, shape or form. I have so much to thank her for. But the truth is, in his eyes, 
that despite the love and the adoration and the obsession, there were parts of this relationship that were unhealthy and incompatible. He knew it and I knew it, but I just couldn't admit it because my wounds caused me to be so in love in the fantasy of being loved and being chosen by a male figure that I couldn't handle taking myself out of my little body, flying 100 meters down the road and taking myself out of the feelings to look objectively at the situation to say that this is probably not going to be my forever person. On top of that, he also was my best friend. He was the person that was helping me through the world's worst health anxiety. Okay, maybe I can't take that crown, but some pretty horrendous phobias and health anxiety. Like I was almost in a codependent relationship with this person, which is something that I couldn't admit in my side of the story. My side of the story was kind of like, I can't believe that this person did this to me. We were in such a healthy relationship and we were so happy. Whereas his side of the story was able to see the reality of what was going on and that we were both wounded and that despite our love for each other, this was not a relationship that probably should have kept going. Now, he admits that if we were in our 20s, we probably would have kept going and going and going. But I just turned 30 when I started dating him. And he was very aware that by dating me, he was taking my biological clock away from me. Now, that for me wasn't even one of my major concerns. Like I trust that if I'm going to have children, I will have children. And if I'm not, then in this lifetime, it's just not meant for me. So I don't really have that. But I can understand that from a male, logical, less emotional, rational standpoint, he made a decision and he stuck by it. So my story was there, driven by wounding. His story was there, also driven by wounding, because we wanted different things from life and I wanted things sometimes that he could not give me, which in turn provoked his wounds and lack of self-worth and lack of self-esteem and challenged his masculinity around providing, etc., etc. So his truth was driven by his wounds, my truth was driven by my wounds, and then the actual truth was somewhere in the middle. And the truth was there objectively in the middle that we were in a relationship and we were in love, but it was probably incompatible. We probably poked each other's wounds and it probably wasn't going to be a forever relationship and it needed to end at some point. Now, does that mean it should have ended the way that it did? No. Could it have ended differently? Yes. But with this three sides to every story, I realized that I was living and breathing a narrative that was coming from my wounds. And that in the silence that he left me with, he was also living and breathing a narrative that was coming from his wounds. Because his wounds were silence and his go-to was to shut down emotionally in every emotional situation that he had ever been in his whole entire life. So going to meet up with him helped me understand that there were different sides to this story and that I had logged and lived this narrative since day one of the breakup that was so painful for me because it was coming from my wounds. And going to meet him helped me understand that the way that he reacted came from his wounds and the way that both of us acted in the relationship, in love, in conflict, came from our own individual experiences and wounding too. We all have our own experiences and our own stories. And I think that what this whole situation has taught me is that my experience is never gonna be someone else's experience. And someone else's experience is never gonna be my experience. And that my story about what happened and what I have lived is never gonna be someone else's story. And I am never ever gonna live their story. But with this three sides to every story analogy, we can start to acknowledge that we all have different stories and we all have different experiences. 
And beneath that, we can start to ask ourselves, what is the truth of the situation? If you take out the emotions, if you take out the he said, she said, if you take out the they did this, she did this, and he did this, and how could you? And if you take out the should haves or would haves or could haves and the I can't believe it, take all of that out, take out all of the reactions, take out all of the emotions. And that's not to say to invalidate them. It's just to say that as part of the healing journey, there comes a point when you can step outside of the wound and you can look at the cold, hard facts of a situation and ask, what did they do? What did you do? And what happened for the many, many days, weeks or months leading up to these incidences that got you both there because we so often focus on the end of the relationship rather than ever actually asking what happened to get us here how did we both contribute to this and is there some level of shared responsibility that we can both take around how we triggered each other's wounds along this journey and we both hurt each other in this process maybe this is something that doesn't apply to you and if this doesn't give you value maybe this is something that doesn't apply to your situation but what i'm asking you and anyone else who has been floored by a breakup to ask yourself is underneath the screaming and the shouting and the crying, you can ask yourself, what am I overlooking in myself? What has this person triggered in me? What wounds was I holding that they have royally fucked me with because they've shone a flashlight on them and they've poked a big old finger right into the middle of that wound? And these are questions that took me a really, really, really long time to be able to ask myself. To understand that my ex-boyfriend hurt me crazy amounts, but actually going to meet him, he taught me that I also hurt him too. And there were many, many situations in the relationship where I did not make him feel loved, cherished or adored because my wounds poked his wounds. And that can be mutually exclusive with the fact that you can love someone care for someone. So that is all from me, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this. I was definitely like channeling or downloading a little bit there because I was just talking and talking and talking. And hopefully I've communicated what I was trying to communicate. I always, these episodes always go by in a blur when I'm talking to myself and then I get off and I'm like, oh my God, am I wasting your guys' time by like making you listen to what I've learned? But then I realized that a lot of these conclusions have come from thousands of dollars of therapy. And that's why I'm sharing it with you guys, because so many of you might not have gone down this route in your own therapy journey so far. And I always say to people, if a relationship broke you, look deeper than the rejection, because there is something underneath the surface that is begging you to look at further. Maybe it's an abandonment wound. Maybe it's a defectiveness wound or a defectiveness schema. Maybe it's a rejection wound or a betrayal wound or a loss wound. Or maybe it's a wound around self-worth, self-identity, self-esteem. Maybe it's around trust. Whatever your own personal wounds are, they show up so very different for each of us. But one thing is a hard home truth. There is nothing more likely than a rupture in attachment to show you the truth and the depth of your wounds that might have been hiding below the surface your whole entire life. So that's all from me. If you are hurting, I really, really hope that you can find a therapist, a loving, kind person to help guide you through this and to understand what is going on below the surface. 
If you can't do that, Open House and our healing community is here for you. We have a heartbreak room inside of the house. But most of all, I want you to know that healing is possible. And one of the most key takeaways from the last two and a half years of my life is the intense gratitude that I hold for the person that broke me into a million billion pieces. Because without him doing that, I would never, ever, ever be the woman that I am today. And I would never take it back, despite how horrendous it was during. So just trust that there is hope and there is light on the other side. And not only that, there is a new version of you who can become aware of their wounds and who can heal their wounds to become a different version of you. One that doesn't carry the depth and heaviness of darkness inside you all the time. Until next time, I love you and I will speak to you soon.